tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we are with the awesome Pam Johnson Bennett. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me back. I always love this. It's great. And this is a special episode. We're doing like, this is like, I don't know, I want to say sneak peek, but it's really, it's just a special episode for a special period of time. Um, Before we jump into the sort of our our key excitement for our show today, just want to touch base, see how things have been. uh, How are things going with the work that you do and the pandemic, COVID, you know, how are you seeing cats handling this whole situation? Cats are amazing. (laughs) They're amazing with what we throw at them. I'm seeing the last year and a half because travel was restricted. You know, normally I do a lot of conferences and speaking. I upped my game in terms of doing consultations and a lot of them, like everyone else, it was done on Zoom. Now I'm doing going back to a lot more house calls. But it's interesting because there hasn't been an increase in behavior issues it's just kind of shifted in terms of what type. I'm seeing more separation anxiety as people were home all the time and now they're going back to work. And also there was a lot of attention getting issues because people were home and the cat isn't used to that. And so in order to appease the cat, you know, they were, they were getting fed more, they were getting you know, they'd learn that if they meow or walk across the computer, you know, or try to interact in any way, they got more attention. And of course, they got used to that. Who wouldn't? They're smart cats. Uh, But then that changed, you know, when people started going back out again, then the cat didn't understand that. So it's a little shift in that I didn't used to see as much separation anxiety with cats and attention getting. And now that seemed to be front and center, not quite as much as litter box, but uh, it's up there more. Yeah, I mean, I would think of separation anxiety more in the realm of dogs, but you I know. see it with cats too. You huh? do, and it's easily missed because with dogs, we think of you know they they scratch at the door, they they bark, they destroy things. Cats can do things that are a little more subtle. It might be a litter box issue. It might be that the cat stops interacting. They kind of get depressed. The cat may start over grooming. The cat may become more vocal and a little needier, Uh, but they're subtle things. They're not as overt as we tend to see with dogs. So they're easily missed, but cats, they aren't those aloof, independent, you know, cold hearted animals that a lot of people think they are very affectionate. They're very bonded to us. So the COVID was, a big adjustment for them because they went from having us 24 seven to, Oh my gosh, what happened to you? You know, you all, I got, I just got used to it. Now you're gone. Right. Right. So they didn't get the memo that everything was going back to normal. Right. Right. Yeah. They needed, they needed some advanced planning there for sure. Um, And you mentioned litter box issues and it seems like litter box issues are sort of one of the number one, um, things that folks ask you about. Um, if you had to share one or two tips for the best things to do with your litter boxes in your house, what would be your two big suggestions? 
One is stop looking at it from your point of view. We don't like the litter box. We don't want to see it. You know, it's out of sight, out of mind. We want to cover it. We want to put it as far away as possible, but that's not necessarily convenient for the cat. So look at it from the cat's point of view. Is it conveniently located? Is it the right size? Is it comfortable for the cat? If you have a multi-cat household, do you have enough litter boxes for the number of cats? You know, we tend to minimize it, you know, get this tiny little box for our 18 pound main coon and expect the cat to fit in it. So look at it from the cat's point of view. And the other thing is anytime there is a change in litter box habits, view that as a potential red flag that something is wrong, either medically with the litter box set up itself or something in the environment. Don't assume the cat is being spiteful or stupid or don't ignore it. You know, you'd be surprised how many clients I have who say, well, he can't quite get in the box, but he pees in front of it, but I'm okay with that. Well, even if you're okay with it, the cat is not okay. Something is wrong. So those would be the two biggest things. Excellent. By the way, happy National Cat Day. Yes. One of my favorite days. Any day we, any day we celebrate cats. <laughs> um, and so with that being said, you again have uh, partnered up with Arm & Hammer on a campaign focused on unsung heroes. You want to share a little bit about that? I love this. In honor of National Cat Day, the Arm & Hammer Feline Generous Program is launching the Unsung Heroes Awards. And that's to celebrate the staff members and volunteers at cat welfare organizations who go above and beyond to care for the perfectly imperfect cats. You know, the cats who often get overlooked at shelters because of either age or appearance or because of misunderstood behaviors. So Arm & Hammer Feline Generous wants to celebrate them. So the award Awards. There is um, a large award. The overall total amount that shelters, the winning shelters will get is a $30,000 cash award. And the individual unsung heroes will each receive an award and a year supply of cat litter. So the awards are in three categories. There's the compassion award and that winning shelter gets $7,500. And that unsung hero is the person who goes above and beyond to show extra patience and extra tenderness for the perfectly imperfect cats. Maybe it's customizing something in the cage to help that cat easily access something if there's a physical challenge, educating staff members on how to help that cat be more comfortable. Um, then there is the creativity award that shelter gets $7,500. And that unsung hero is the person who shows extra creativity above and beyond. Maybe it's customizing a cage, designing or modifying a cat toy so that a cat with a certain challenge can still enjoy playtime, building confidence, you know, to really help these cats in both of those categories, to help these cats really shine and thrive in the shelter environment. Then the Advocate of the Year Award, that winning shelter gets $15,000. And that unsung hero exemplifies both the compassion and the creativity, but goes above and beyond there. It takes that love for perfectly imperfect cats beyond the walls of the shelter. So that person uh, educates the community, you know, maybe organizes community events that highlight the perfectly imperfect cats. And all three categories really 
they go above and beyond in terms of helping those cats find the right forever homes and working with uh, the families who adopt to make sure that everyone is thriving and everyone is happy. So from now until November 20th, Arm & Hammer Feline Generous wants to hear from cat lovers. You can nominate yourself if you're an unsung hero or someone from a shelter or cat w- welfare organization that you know. Go to Arm & Hammer. Go to, I'm sorry, FelineGenerousHeroes.com. FelineGenerousHeroes.com and nominate somebody. Use the hashtags FelineGenerous and Unsung Heroes. And the winners will be announced sometime in December. That's great. And in the past, there's been a group of about oh three different people who have um, been the judges to make a decision. And I know when we last spoke, I think we talked about how challenging it was to really decide on the winners. It is. Yeah. And so and who, are, who are the judges this time around? It is hard to just narrow it down to three because... It, I mean, there are countless unsung heroes. There are so many people who do wonderful work for cats, but I am uh, very fortunate that I am on the panel as one of the judges. Um, Also, Dr. Alona Rodan, veterinarian and international speaker, and Rhonda Heath, who is the former president of Colonial Capital Humane Society, one of the winning shelters from Arm & Hammer's perfectly imperfect campaign last year. So there's a connection there that's very, very special. So I encourage everyone by November 20th, get your nominations in because this will benefit the cat welfare organizations. And let's recognize some of the unsung heroes. One question that I have for you is um, if you don't have a physical shelter, but you are a foster home network, are you still able to submit um, a um, unsung hero? That I would contact uh, FelineGenerousHeroes.com and put it in there and see. Um, I don't know about fosters, but it can't hurt to to put it in there and try. Yeah, there's so many physical shelters that are still doing their adoptions virtually, um, even with, with COVID. I mean, I know many of us are back and in, in, out in the public, but some of us still are, are being conservative. Um, or have always been a foster home network. So, you know, our operations have changed a little bit over over time. Um, I'm amazed at how everyone has had to be creative and adapted that even through COVID and through everything, they're not letting the cats suffer. They are making sure these cats still get in forever home, still doing their best to make sure these cats thrive in whatever temporary environment they're in right now. Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. Um, and technology has helped. I mean, there are organizations that when you're coming to pick up your, your cat or your kitten for adoption or you're, you're um, you know, wanting to meet cats, they've got you're using your online calendar links and they have the, you know, restaurant waiting buzzer things to buzz you in and so that everybody is kept separate. And so all these different tools are being used. And as you say, Really, the cats are, are at the forefront. And I can't tell you how many people have told me by going virtual and having a heavier foster home network, the rate of upper respiratory, the rate mm-hmm. of, you know, fleas and other things. I mean, things get resolved much more quickly in a foster home environment. Right. Um, Plus, you also have the cat acclimate to a home environment, which is easier you know, they're, they're learning how to be around maybe other cats or dog or around children and all the noises and different things that are unique to a home 
So the sooner we can get them into a home, the better. So uh, there are many cats who are so adoptable, but don't do well in a shelter environment. You know, but unfortunately, there aren't as, as many foster homes as we need, and they have to be in that shelter environment. So for National Cat Day, do something, you know, even if you can't adopt, there's something you can do to reach out to help either your local shelter, your, your local foster network, cat rescue organization, even your neighbor. Maybe you know someone who is struggling with their cat. Maybe they don't have the resources, you know, or maybe they're struggling keeping the litter box clean or getting the cat to the veterinarian. There's something you can do. We all can be unsung heroes. Yeah, that's great. That's excellent. Um, I have a couple other questions for you. Have you run into any um, issues where you're located um, with the inability of folks being able to access veterinary care in a timely manner? I know that up in New England here, veterinarians are booked months in advance Mm -hmm. almost. And, you know, how does that impact the behavior of our cats if we're not able to get them into the veterinarians? It has been, we did go through a period where it was very difficult. Um, I am very fortunate here that the veterinarians worked so hard. You know, we still had to drive up and, and they came out and get, would get the cats, but they were working so hard to be as efficient as possible. Um, but it, I know there are some locations around the country where you just couldn't get your cat in, you know, and that's, it's heartbreaking because a lot of behavior problems, first of all, we don't want cats to suffer in any way anyway, but a lot of behavior problems have medical causes and that gets delayed. And the longer that behavior goes on, the harder that is to correct too. So, you know, we're always encouraging people get to the veterinarian as soon as possible so that not only the cat, you know, we get on the right track with whatever is going on medically, but that behavior doesn't become a pattern, you know? So it's been, it has been an unbelievable year and a half, almost two years in terms of how we've had to adjust. And I have to just applaud cats in general because they depend on us. We're their voice and we haven't always been able to be there in the way that we should be, but boy, they're so, they're so flexible. They're so loving. They're so forgiving. And I'm just grateful for that. So I've had the pleasure of reading quite a few books that you've written. If somebody was going to, say, grab a book for the holidays um, that you've written, which would be the first one of the books that you've written that you would start with? I would say if you're new to living with a cat, think like a cat, because that kind of starts you off with uh, understanding how a cat sees the world and how to train. But if you have more than one cat, I would recommend Cat versus Cat, because you can have one cat, life is good, because The cat owns everything, right? In that house, you introduce another cat and all of a sudden everything is is gone crazy, total chaos. Uh, So there are unique challenges. There's wonderful aspects of living with more than one cat, but there are some challenges. So those would be the two top ones that I would recommend. Uh, But no matter what you do, whether you get a book, take the time to look at behavior from your cat's point of view. We've got to stop that punitive, you know, oh, I know why he's doing this. You know, he's doing it because he's spiteful or he's doing it because he's mad at me. That's not the case. Every behavior serves a purpose. And it's important for us to figure out 
what is the cat saying by that behavior? What is the need that's being fulfilled? And that's how you solve behavior problems, not through punishing or putting the cat in time out or any of those things. That's fantastic. Um, going back to the unsung heroes, um, it, now Arm and Hammer has um, sponsored it, which is fantastic and wonderful. And again, I just wanted to just reiterate: we have until November twentieth. Is that November twentieth? Yes, and it is uh, felinegenerousheroes.com. And spread the word. You know, this is a wonderful opportunity for the shelters to have the much needed cash donations. And it's an opportunity to highlight and recognize three unsung heroes. And I know there are so many, countless, you know, but these three will, you know, they, they go above and beyond and we want to recognize them. That's great. And if folks are interested in any of your books, they can find um, them on, on Amazon. And do you have them listed on a website somewhere? Yeah, everything's on Amazon and in bookstores, but also they can go to catbehaviorassociates.com. I also have a lot of articles on there. So if you aren't in a position to buy a book, I try to put out as many specific detailed articles as possible because my goal is cat behavior. It's to make life better for you and your cat. Right. Pam, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners who tuned in to with us for this uh, special episode? I would just say happy National Cat Day and do something, do something outward for either your local shelter or your neighbor or cats in the community, and then do something inward, do something for your cat, something fun. That's great. Pam, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Did you attend our recent online feline leukemia day? We hope you learned some new and surprising information from the presentations that will help you save more cats. Events like feline leukemia day would not be possible without the generous sponsorships of the following organizations. The Tompkins Foundation for Feline Leukemia Advocacy, Humane Network, and Vets Pets. Would you like to support content that helps save feline lives? Please visit communitycatspodcast.com and click on support CCP to learn more about sponsorship opportunities.